you got a nice pair of Bellator gloves right there. I got to yes. get a pair of Bellator gloves yeah. because Bellator gloves would look good up on my thing. The good thing with but you, though. You, you notice I have put money into this. I yes. am no longer, I think, the weak link. <laughs> they, they used to have that damn game show, and you, you are the weakest link. And I was looking at it. God damn, I'm the weakest link. I don't want to be the weakest link. <laughs> this is this is. So life, I put money friend. into this. I got a microphone. I did the whole thing. I said, screw it. It looks. I, I got to be man. up to Josh's standards. So, thank you very much for spending my money. Hey, ask ask Dave. <laughs> when we jumped into this, Dave was like, "Okay, we need this. We need this. We need this." I'm like, "Look, let's just get it." Like, let's, I mean, I know it took us a little while because I want to see if we were heading in the right direction. People started subscribing. I'm like, "All right, you know what? Let's just buy it. Let's do this." And you know, I mean, I started thinking about it. I mean, thinking about all the guys that have good shows, right? Good podcasts. And they, they, they all have nice equipment. But the relative, like, relatively, like, how much it costs to actually do it, that's pretty cheap for whatever, even if they're only making, you know, a little bit of money every month or whatever it is. In the long run, I think it more than pays for itself to have a good quality product. Yeah, how much have we made so far? How much do you yeah, have? No, nothing. Know, okay, yeah. that's exactly, that's, that's get, my norm right there. We're getting there, we're getting there. <laughs> Everything goes out, nothing's yes. coming in, yep. that's okay. We'll get We'll get there, <laughs> we'll get there. I have no concerns about that, we'll People get there. The show, I'm not, so. not worried about it. I was, uh, uh, one of these days we gotta do a show just strictly on the YouTube comments, because I don't know if you know anything about YouTube comments, but it is, yeah, they're savages, man. They will, they will, <laughs> they will fuck us up. They, they will literally just tear uh, us a new one from beginning to end. They, but I got to tell you though, I think it's more me than you. Cause I think they automatically love you more, way more than me. They, I just, I think I just have that. I think I, you know how people have, people talk about women and their resting bitch faces. Well, I think I just have like that resting bitch face for a male though. <laughs> It's just well, see, I, I have that face that no one looks at. They look at it and they go, oh, I'm okay, man. I'm better looking than him. So see, it's, they'll feel okay with me. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's, hey, that's the price you have for being so purdy. I, I, and people hate it, man. They, they, don't, they just don't like it. They hate it. It's, you know, I think that's why Rocco gets what he gets. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was traveling through the airport and I see this thing of Rockhold up there for... I'm looking, I go, Jesus Christ, Ralph Lauren, man, look at him. Yes. I go, why the hell would he even think about fighting anymore, man? Just keep doing that. Yeah, I don't understand why. He's a good-looking guy, and, uh, you know. Oh, he's he got it going. Yeah, you don't have to worry. Like, in ads, you don't have to worry about him talking, so he can just sit there and look good. He looks good. He's a good-looking guy, man. 6'3", like, I mean, pretty well-built. He's, you know, I think also, too, when he went to 205, like, physically looks just shredded i mean big and shredded oh, yeah. like more muscular and bigger and shredded so let's talk i want to talk about another one of your shredded teammates okay dan cormier <laughs> 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 but you know look at let's be honest dan you know if you go back and you can watch dan in his wrestling days he actually was shredded for a while mm -hmm. and he has enjoyed himself to the point where he didn't care about having that shred and he's got a body that most people look at that's a dad bod yeah. now he's a dad that's a good thing but he's fighting a guy for the second time in Stipe coming up in a couple of days. Yeah. You've you've seen him. I don't know how much you've been around him in the gym. But I've always believed that at heavyweight, Dan Cormier is a much better fight than he is at light heavyweight. I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's great at light heavyweight as well. He just has that one person. No, that's has, not yet. He's, he's had a hard time getting past. And, but then at heavyweight, I don't think – I've always thought that at heavyweight – that Kung Fu Panda, and I've said this to him a couple of times, he has that, he has that, 
that about him. He's extremely athletic, still at 40, 40 years old, almost 41, can do a standing backflip. I mean, he has the athleticism still to this day, and it's not just because he's a fighter. He just, over the years, you've seen it from wrestling to this. I mean, the way he still moves around with the young kids at Gilroy High School and wrestling there, he's still just a young kid at heart. Um, And I think that it shows across all the things that he does. I I wish everyone could truly understand how much stuff he has on his plate. You know, he owns a couple pokey restaurants. He owns a couple um, barbershops. He, um, you know, he's talking about maybe potentially opening a gym as well, which I, I try to talk him out of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Any, anybody, anybody that's had a gym is going to say, don't do it. Don't do it, man. If you guys are fighters and you're listening to this, heed my advice. Do not do this. Do not. Just, just put your money into something else, something, anything. <laughs> Give whatever money you have to somebody that could potentially invest it. And if they lose it, that's probably what would happen anyways in your gym. So you might as well take your chances with somebody else in the open market. Um, He is so so wrapped up in wrestling. The head coach at uh, Gilroy High School for wrestling, the pokey places, the barbershop places. I mean, plus the kids, the wife, the family, plus training full-time for this fight coming up. Plus all of the the UFC stuff he does the Daniel Cormier breakdowns the you know he was featured this week on the E60 which was absolutely phenomenal um, that was it. to me was I've always known about his daughter um, but I you know obviously when a situation like that happens you really don't want to like sit there and go so tell me more you just want to say look I'm here if you want to you know just vent and talk and just I won't even say anything if you just want someone to talk to but Josh I think- it was the way. You you saw when when Ariel asked him and he, he's putting his head back and he's closing his eyes and it is just this pain mm-hmm. that you can see him as he's trying to talk about that. It was so touching. It if you if you didn't like Dan Cormier before yeah. that E60, you have got to like him now because he just showed how he is every bit the human being, but a special human being. Which takes me on to the next part of this whole conversation we're talking about was that he's somebody that he's even though he's been through all that adversity and moving on even to the John Jones thing when Ariel had talked to him, are we going to see the next fight and can you really move on? And he looked at me, he's like, pretty much, yeah, he could. I mean, he didn't say like he's not counting it fully out. We had this conversation through text the other day and the conversation strictly was basically like, look, money talks and a lot of people will do anything for a lot of people will do something for money. I say that with the new ESPN contract, they will not pay him $10 million plus to do it, which is, I think, what he's requesting um, for that fight to fight. And also, too, I don't think John Jones. John Jones says that fight definitely is not happening because DC wants that fight at heavyweight, and I don't think John wants to fight him at heavyweight. I think at heavyweight, with the athleticism of DC, it is a lot, a lot different fight, especially with the punching power transitioning up. Look, everyone already, I've said that, and people know that I don't like John Jones just because he's a cheater, not only because he, he's been able to beat DC, but I just, I don't like people like him. And, and I'm very critical of people like him, and I'll continue to be that way. And you guys can bash me in the YouTube comments, and I, this is how many Fs I give, okay? Because in my situation, in my scenario, <laughs> is that those are the people that, when I look at guys like Colby Covington, who has said all the things about John Jones, he's pretty much true. Dude, you messed up the most talented person who has ever graced the cage. And how can you do that? And the things that you've done, and he hasn't looked the same either now coming back after all the PED stuff. And for me, when DC said, hey, I don't need that for closure. I'm good and I'm happy. And I truly believe him. And the reason why I believe him is because 
when you take someone like John Jones, when he's all said and done, ESPN's not knocking down his door saying, hey, you want to be on live TV? They're not going to – they may do it. But I'm simply saying, like, it's right now where he's at, they're not looking to do that to him. DC is someone who is very good and very comfortable in front of the camera, obviously. He does a great job cage side. He does a great job inside the cage. He does a great job behind the microphone in front of the camera. He does everything. He's a great um, idol for people to look up to, someone for all kids to look up to and say, look, this is exactly how I would want my son to handle himself in all these scenarios and situations. <clears throat> still strong, still a man, still stands up for what he believes in but goes out there and puts on a great show. Plus, I wish everyone could understand how much stuff he does on the backside. And I've mentioned all those things, but just being who he is and still the relationships he has with, you know, with Javier and Bob Cook and Dwayne Zinkin and myself and Cain Velasquez and, and all these guys with Rockhold. He's just a, he's a phenomenal person at heart. And we've all been That's up and down. We've all been up and down in our lives, but he is all the adversity he's done, I can't say enough about the, the guy. I continuously, when I run into him, I say, I don't say much, but I tell him this. The one thing I can say about you is I'm very proud and I'm very happy for all your success. And I wish you nothing but the best. Because we don't see each other as much now with everything he's doing because he's so busy. But that's all you can say to a good friend and someone that you've been through a lot with. And I just always try to tell him, like, hey, keep doing you, man. I'm happy for you. I'm always happy for your success. Because you, you see a lot of people that are not happy for others and because of their oh, success. Yeah. And I can't say, I can't say enough on how happy I am for him and everything he's done. Well, yeah, and the, you know, the one thing to look at this whole thing, if he, if he, you know, this is a tough fight for him, you know, look at Stipe is the real deal. And when you get to heavyweight, anything can happen. But if he gets past Stipe and he still is the, the heavyweight champion, it's nice to go out on top. You know, he he has so much going for him other than just fighting because his broadcast career, he's doing a great job. And look at, you know, I don't know when Joe is going to step away, but Joe Rogan has systematically slowly been just bringing himself out of a lot of the commentary to where he's now just doing the pay-per-view. So he's limited to about 12 per year. And a lot of the times they're putting Daniel and Joe together. He's got an entire career sitting there waiting for him, and he's good at it, and he's fun to listen to. I mean, if there was one thing that I remember about him, you know, I did the th the Rose Nami Yunus versus Joanna Jenjacek fight, the first one they had, and all I can remember after watching was, Thug, Thug Rose! Rose! <laughs> Thug Rose! And he just kept going. I go, that will live forever yes. because it was true. It was It was real, and that's what Dan Cormier is. And, you know, good luck to him this week. He's in for a hell of a fight. Yeah. But if there's anybody that can pull that off again, it's Dan. I think it's uh, it's not going to go down the way it did the first time. I, it never does. Oh, no. It never does. Um, but I do think that as the fight goes on, DC will continue to, to push the pace, get in his grill, and he'll be – I wouldn't say he'll be able to knock him out, but I think he's going to be able to push him to the point where Steve is not going to be able to come through in the end. I don't think it's going to go the distance. I think DC puts him away. But uh, I can't exactly say how. You know, uh, I would like to say I'd like to say with another knockout, but I would say later, like in the second and third round, heavyweights tend to slow down. DC, even oh, yeah. as a heavyweight later on, was still pushing the pace against guys when he fought uh, Barnett and all these other guys. He was able to still continue to push the pace, and I think that's going to continue this weekend. We got a hell of a beep going on there. Yeah, sorry. There's a huge truck in our back alleyway, and it's all oh, soundproof. Okay. But yeah. 
All right. It's all right. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I think DC's got going for him in this fight, and it's the same thing that I thought, you know, with Fedor. DC's fast at heavyweight. Yeah. It, he doesn't look like a fast twitch athlete. He is, though. Yeah. And Stipe has got to create that distance. He's got to keep him at length. If he can keep Dan at length, he can be really successful in this fight. If he gets into the clinch situations and allows Dan to get his hands towards him and get his hips into him, it's going to be a long, hard fight for Steep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I'm excited just to see if this ends up being the closure that he needs for him to continue fighting or if he's just going to go ahead and just close it all out. You said that it'll be nice to finish on top, but it will also be even nicer, though, to finish on top of John Jones in heavyweight. That's another thing. So I think in your in people's mind, like for his mind, maybe it's working like I'm undefeated at heavyweight. If John's willing to come up and they pay me the, over the $10 million that I'm asking, it'd be nice to finish on top of that last win and walk away and say, I got you at heavyweight. But it could also go, it could also go the other <laughs> so way around. Someone offers you nine figures, it's hard to step away. I'd fight Godzilla for nine figures, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'd win, yeah. but I'd fight him because, look, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, if that's what he wants, that's what makes him happy, yeah. then that's what he gets. But I would really like to see Dan look at his career and say, man, you know what? Yeah. I have been incredibly lucky. I've been incredibly successful based upon my work ethic and the way I do things. Let me go out on top. Let me step away from this. Whatever, you know, anybody wants to think, anyone wants to do, whatever John Jones wants, who cares? Yep. You're the man, and that no one can ever change that. As much as we disagree, I have to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the next, th one of the other things I wanted to chat real quick about is obviously one of my longtime friends, uh, Nate Diaz. Him and I uh, have been really close before. Um, we've, we've <laughs> well, you've all, been in close proximity before. Yes, yes, and we, we talk and communicate all the time via text obviously and uh one of the things that he told me was man i'd love to fuck you up but it's just <laughs> no and in regards to his his fight this week with anthony pettis pettis coming off you know some really entertaining fights and yeah. and, and a huge win my talk and my thing is that they're fighting at 170 neither one neither one of them want to cut weight they both feel better at that weight but they're both to me like obviously mother made their legacies at 155 and now they're fighting at 70, so they don't got to cut the weight. Nate Diaz is a big guy, just in general. Yes, he's tall, he is. He's tall, long, lanky. Um, but I also do know that my kickboxing coach, the one that helped me work, get up the strategy, in the is this guy named Derek Ewan, along with Javier Mendez. But I worked a lot on hand with Derek Ewan for that, who has also helped coach as well as sparred with and trained with with Duke Rufus, who is Pettis' coach. And the two of them have talked and conversated. And... It sounds like the game plan will be very much the game plan that that I had laid out for for Nate Diaz with Pettis. Pettis is going to basically kind of fight a very similar fight. I would imagine he'll stand in the pocket a little bit more and throw and do a little bit more flashy stuff. Um, but uh, the the game plan sounds to be utilize the kicks, stick and move, stick and move, never stand directly in front of him, create angles, and then punch and kick on the angles. Do you really yeah. see the fight going any other way? Uh, you know what? It really depends on a couple of things. There's so many factors in this fight. If you look at it, as you said, Anthony Pettis is coming off a string of just really good performances. Even ones that he lost, he had a really good performance. When he fought Tony Ferguson, Great he was fun. having a very good performance. Now, he was getting hit a lot, too, 
but he was showing a grit that he that was there because he had that that time when he won that light uh, lightweight title. He was on top and he was running through people. And then he got into that little bit dip and he had some problems. And I can't say what those problems were, but he was having either outside influences or something had changed in, you know, his approach to the game and, and it showed in his performances. And then he kind of got it back here. And so the performances that he's been putting on have been outstanding. But the one thing that I know about Nate Diaz is he can bring a pressure. And if you want to beat Anthony Pettis, you've got to be a pressure fighter. Now, Nate goes about things like a boxer does. He doesn't throw a lot of kicks. He's got a great ground game, so most people don't want to go to the ground with him. But his boxing is way better than people realize. They think that he just slaps. And look at he's throwing shots out, and you know this, but sometimes he'll set his feet, and he really tags one in there in between all the light ones. And those are the ones that hurt you. Now, the real question for me in this is, he hasn't, dude, I did his last fight. His last fight was against Conor McGregor, and that was three years ago, August 20th. All right? You have had more fights, and you haven't been fighting for the last, let's say, two years. You've had more fights than Nate Diaz has had since you fought him. So his activity is is the real concern for me because, look, there is this thing about it's not so much everyone has ring rust in different ways. But it does have an effect on your ability to judge that distance, judge your timing, and you know get things flowing for you in a fight. And Anthony has been fighting, and Nate has not. And I think that's the big difference in this matchup. Yeah, not only that, the, the, um, the one takeaway that I took from our fight is this, is when you stick and move, Nate sometimes, like his brother, will stand in the middle of the cage and talk shit to you versus trying to fight you. <laughs> And you gotta be you gotta be ready for that shit talk though, because it can definitely it can bring you into that brawl that you don't want to be part of. Exactly. There's not only that, but then you have to remember this is a three round fight. It's not a five round fight, and in that you're wasting time. So for me, I only had a three round fight with him, but I was able to stick and move, stick and move, and just start chipping away at the clock. So time was a for him was against him because I had already stole a round and a half, you know, by the time we were able to get the finish at the end of the second round, but I had already stole a round and a half by sticking and moving, sticking and moving and landing some clean shots and winning me the round. That's all Pettis needs to do. But does he have the condition to do it for five rounds? I think he does because he's always been pretty good with his cardio from way back in the day when he fought Benson, had great fights then, and then also with the, in the WC and then winning his title. Now, when you talked about Pettis and something happened after he won the title and he kind of hit a slump and a dip and something kind of changed where there was personal stuff at home. It's called winning the title. And there's some people that embrace it and they just feel like I'm never going to lose. I'm going to train harder. I'm going to do more. I'm going to do this. And there's some people that sometimes go the opposite way and they live the life as if they're the champ as, as they are the champion. They do a little bit more, you know, out, Outdoor activity stuff, as far as you know, the clubs, the <laughs> outdoor scene, activity. The, is that what you're calling? You know, it? whatever it is, they're doing. They're they're embracing <laughs> all of the all the stuff that comes along with being a champion, which they should. But sometimes it takes them away from the gym and it takes them away from doing all the things that they should be doing to continue in their craft to getting better. And they don't start grow and they don't continue to grow like they were for the last four or five years to get to the title. They stopped. So. That may potentially have been some. I'm not saying that's what it was, but that potentially may have been some stuff that you know that that I out from the outside looking in kind of saw. Because during that time, you don't know if you guys recall, as soon as he won the title, I was supposed to fight him next, 
And yep. during that time, I got hurt. But you got to remember, that was when he was on the Wheaties box. That was when he was like the Metro PCS guy. It was all these things that he was at that time. And I think the UFC had slammed him with a bunch of stuff. And it's not all due to him. It was, I think, for promotional purposes, he was, what, 26 at the time. And they were trying to build him as the next biggest star, which he was. He was going to be. And it just, I think, caught up with him. When you're taking your youngest talent like that and you're putting him in all these places for him to be in just... And I, in, a, in a really shitty way to say this, they were kind of whoring him out to all the places to get him as busy as they possibly could to put him on all these things. But it took him away from the gym. It took him away from doing what, what he needed to do to keep developing his craft. And once you get out of the gym, everyone knows. You ask anybody who's, you know, who's like 15, 20 pounds or 100 pounds overweight. Once they used to go to the gym, right? But then they stopped going and that's how they ended up getting a little bit heavier set. Is they It just ruined their routine. And that kind of, I think all that, sponsorship stuff or all the the autograph signings or all those things kind of can ruin a fighter when they when all they've known is the gym and now they're being able to have access to all that and to me i think pettis is on a different level right now mentally and i haven't seen him look this good in a long time and he feels very i I think he feels very comfortable with himself right now and it's i'm so happy i'm so happy to see him this way he seems like look after he lost the Tony fight, and but up until that the the, the loss or when he stopped in, in between the rounds with his hands, he fucking looked amazing. Sure, I had him kind of still losing the fight, but fuck, what a fight! What an absolute <laughs> yeah, was, fight! I think you're, you're absolutely right. In the one one thing, you know, we talk about confidence with a fighter. When, a, oh. when you have a confident fighter, he's a dangerous fighter. But fighters need focus. They need that thing to look at. That's what I want. That's what I'm going after. And when you become the champion, you have got to find that thing because it's no longer there. Now you're the target. Yeah. You're the one that everyone is pointing at. You're the one that everyone is shooting for. And you've got to find that purpose. You've got to find that target, that focus that keeps you driving forward, doing the hard work, and making yourself better every fight. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse, and that's the difference when you're talking about the top guys. My thing now, my knock, not even so much my knock on Nate, is my my concerns with Nate is that even though I know he continues to train all the time because he also helped Gilbert get ready for his fight, but Gilbert yep. had also some time off as well. He's always kind of training with guys all around. I see him training every once in a while with Jake Shields. I see him traveling around and training other places. I think the concern with them is never going to be the conditioning or the cardio. Is the mentality of that that they already know that they're needle movers and that they can make the UFC jump at a drop of a dime anytime they want. Like, hey, I want to get on that card. Oh, shit, the Diaz brothers are calling me. And and Dana, even as much as he likes to criticize them and talk shit about them, he, he will jump on whatever they want to the extent of like, I'm not going to overpay you for a fight like this. I'm going to pay you this. You either want to fight or you don't. I can understand from a promotion promoter standpoint that's that's what he's doing. But from the other standpoint, from them, they can make him jump. I want to be on that card. Whatever you want, Nate. Sure, let's get the deal done. You know, that concerns me a little bit because now Why? they don't really care if they win or lose. Because uh, I think they always do uh, care. I think they always want to win. But you see the you see the stuff like with Nick when he fought Anderson. I got concerned when he laid down in the cage. And I thought it was hilarious, but then at the same time, at the same you time, it was I'm hilarious. Like, I thought, "What the hell are you yeah. doing?" Because I was the referee, and I'm going, "Oh Jesus, here he goes! What are you doing? Come on, man!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, but my point is, is that when I get to it, is 
they stand in the center of the cage and they let the they let the minutes tick away and there's no sense of urgency sometimes when they see that you're sticking and moving and running and they potentially will lose these fights. And those are the things that scare me because like they're so good. And if they just kept doing what they're doing to win the fight, I think they could beat a lot of guys, a ton of guys. And I don't want to see those that Nate Diaz. I want to see the Nate Diaz that went in there and just fucking destroyed Donald Cerrone. I want to oh, see that man. guy. I want to see that guy just walk in and do the same thing with Michael Johnson. Just slap him, can punch him, boom. You know, that, that's, that, that's the one thing. Look at, he can do that. He can walk into that cage on Saturday yeah. night and walk towards Pettis, cut off angles, and just start putting a volume and a pressure on him that Pettis has already showed he cannot handle. He didn't handle it against Ferguson, and he won't be able to handle it against Diaz because Diaz throws just as much and is just as much of a cardio monster as Ferguson. So look at he can step in and do that same thing. He's that talented. He's that good. I'm gonna throw a total wrench in this right now. One that How you may, maybe and everyone at home is gonna <laughs> everyone's gonna criticize me for this. I'm gonna give Pettis a chance and an opportunity. I think, and I'm gonna say this out loud, and I can't believe I'm saying this. There is a good chance that he potentially will submit Nate Diaz. Oh, that ain't happening. You don't think it so? It's not happening. You don't think so? Yeah. All right. What are we putting on this? Come on. I'll give you Let here, here, here. I just I just had some shirts made from pro wrestling uh tees.com. <laughs> and and I, I one time said that you remember the remember the show Street Fighter? Yeah. Okay. I one time call it's supposed to be how do you say it? Hadouken. Hadouken, right? Or they do the uppercut Hadouken. punch. But I said hot nougat. <laughs> so we made a shirt called Hot <laughs> Nougat. <laughs> hot Nougat. I like it. So it's but it's got my ugly face on it. But anyways, we'll bet I'll bet you one of these so you can wear this on, on one of our shows one of these times. Anyways, uh, you got it. You, you got to figure out what it is in return you get if you win, but yeah. I'll take that bet. <laughs> uh no, I I, I think Pettis's ga ground game is drastically underestimated from inside the guard. He's got a good It's he, very good. Emmanuel Sanchez He's, style armbar triangles, omoplatas, yes. like very strong legs. I've grappled with him before in Hawaii with Brendan Schaub and Mark Munoz and those guys from back in the day before we were supposed to fight. His inside the guard game is really good. His half guard game and his bottom game, like his uh, top game, not so great. But I think he's gotten a lot better since then. And it showed, I think, in his last couple of fights how good he is off of his back because everyone's always wanted to try to take him down. I think that there, his guillotine is phenomenal. It's very good. His his guillotine's good. Got Gilbert Melendez. Yes, his yep. His guillotine is good. His his uh, triangle and his arm bars are great setups. He did it to Benson Henderson. I'm not saying that I would give him say I would give him maybe more than a fifty percent chance of getting a submission. Submission. Right, well, we'll see. It's That's something. I think you just got to tell me. You got to tell me what I'm putting out here if I end up losing, which I'm not. So I'm not worried about. Just get my teeth dinner and iron dinner. it out. Iron it out. Make sure. That you have it set for me. In fact, you can just leave it up there in San Jose until I come up there, and I'll take it there. Well, dude, how about how about this? I'll give you the shirt for free. But it was uh, let's let's do let's do dinner in San Jose for the Bellator dinner show. In San Jose, you dinner got in San Jose, it. loser. All right, dinner I, at the grill. I think he's got a good chance of getting a submission. I think because he's right, somebody we'll he's somebody that does things that will try to catch people off guard. And I think that I think that if he's able to get Nate Diaz's head down, because I want people to understand this. I like Nate as a person. I actually do love him as a fighter. 
um, all the stuff of him being fighting and him not liking me and all the trash talk, it all aside, I am truly respect that guy 100%. Him and his brother both. I love Just watching the name, fight. Name, I, I, name me the last guy that submitted Nate Diaz in an MMA fight. Nate Diaz? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anyone did. Who Didn't, uh, exactly. Jer didn't Jeremy Jackson submit uh, Nick? Uh, no, he, he beat knocked, Nick. He, he didn't submit. Nick. Okay. I thought he one beat of, him. He didn't submit gotcha. him. That was, that was a judge's decision. Hermes Franca. Hermes Franca beat uh, Nate by submission. Did he beat him by submission? By armbar. Oh my God, yes. man, that was a long time. In two thousand six, Hermes anymore. Two thousand, <laughs> yeah. People try to avoid the Hermes Franca conversation. Like it's so <laughs> exactly. funny. Someone asked me like, "What's your most memorable fight?" I'm like, "Yeah, this guy. Most of you guys probably wouldn't know because it yeah. was that fight." I'm like, "Oh, I can't bring it up." So, uh, talk about cringeworthy. Did you see? And I love. I love Henry Cejudo. He's yes. a good guy. He's a great athlete. He's a great person. And he's decided to be the heel. He calls himself Triple C now. And he's he's putting out all this stuff. And I love all of it. It's it's all great. It doesn't bother me in the least. Until he calls out <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko when she beats Liz Carmouche. And he calls her out saying we need an intergender. And I just look at him like, are you kidding me, dude? What are you thinking? I think it's I think it's absolutely amazing. I want I mean if look <laughs> if you are the champion at two different weight classes plus Olympic gold medalist, realistically all you're doing now is stacking chips. That guy and right so you're now gonna, is you're gonna call out a girl. Might you're as well call out a female fighter <laughs> like some and, and I there's gotta be people out there that really believe he's he's doing it and, and means it, which I know he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No. Okay. I know he doesn't. I know that's you know it's got comedy behind it, but you look and you go, oh, God, please. If yeah. there's one thing I never want to see in MMA, please, God, yeah. just do me a favor. No intergender matches. Please. You notice, you notice, if you, if I, I'm going to, I'm going to tug the ropes here a little bit and uh, stir some shit. But if he, if he was a real man, he would have called out Amanda Nunes. <laughs> he would have said, hey, let's go. Let's go. I'm going to go up to the next weight class. He's the Bantamweight champion. Yeah. She's the Bantamweight champion. Yeah. She's the double-double. He's the double. Okay. It makes sense, Come right? On. It makes sense. It does. <laughs> they can fight at 35 and 45. I don't understand. You, you see, he's try, he, he, went, he went for the person that was smaller. To me, that he's a little soft now. See? If he, if he was a real man, he would have called out the one above. <laughs> yeah, he would have gone for Amanda. You're right. I didn't think about that. See? There you go. So that, now we know he shouldn't have called out Valentina. He should have called out Amanda. Yep, he's scared. <laughs> I, most people would say he's scared. He's scared. But um, I actually, I think, I think honestly, everything he's doing on social media, it reminds me a little bit of Ben Askren and Chael Sonnen, a little bit of the mixture of the two. He's just pulling at everyone's strings. He's he's in oh, surgery yeah. now. He's in, he just got done with surgery. He's trying to remain relevant. Not that people will forget him, obviously, but he's trying to make sure that everyone understands he's still around. He's still there every day. He wants people to remember him. So as soon as he comes back, he's like, he never left. Just tune in, buy my pay-per-views, and help me stack my chips. I think he's doing a great job. I honestly wow. am a big, big fan. Oh, huge fan. I love him. Love the guy. Love everything he's doing. One thing I didn't like is don't call out the female champion. <laughs> okay? That, that part is just like, oh, please, God, no. Yeah. I, as soon as they put it out, I'm like, are they really thinking he means this? No. What, what is wrong with you guys? He's not meaning it. He's just, he, he's creating talk and he's creating, getting his name. Every time someone says his name, that's another, there is no bad media, I guess. Yeah. So 
It's it's a smart move by his part, but God dang, I don't want to ever hear that stuff. The best part was when she said, "Be careful what you wish for," and I was oh, like, yeah, "I love I it, I love it." She's and then awesome. She's showing pictures. She got shotguns in her hand and stuff. I said, well, she could do that. She's already <laughs> been in a gunfight. Oh, she's awesome, man. <laughs> I I love watching her fight. She's entertaining. Not only is she entertaining, but uh. she's very humble. And just uh, you can tell she's an overall just sweet girl. You probably have met her more than I have. Obviously, I've only talked to her one time ever, and um, yeah. but she seems like a very, a very genuine person and a very sweet girl. She's a sweetheart, great, just great person overall, you know. And I, you know, I, I saw a lot of people complain about her fight, mm. and I, I look at that and I look at it completely different. I thought she fought incredibly smart. Look at she was constantly marching. Liz down. I thought Liz fought a fight. If I'm going to look at things and I'm going to say, look, Liz being that the person who's coming to take that championship, you got to take chances at time. You got to you got to create some chaos. You got to create that situation that's going to give you that moment. And she could just never find that against Shevchenko because she's just so solid in yeah. everything she does. She's just she knows exactly what she wants to do and she just goes out and does that. She. I think she pre-scripts what she wants mm -hmm. and just goes out and da, 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 boom, there goes kick and just, okay, I'm out and I'm going to come back and do it again. With she's, Liz, she's incredible. With Liz, you got to take chances knowing that you already beat her before, but you got to take chances the second time around, given that you're fighting a completely different person and the chances never yeah. came. It was fought a safe fight, tried to be conservative, didn't get the job done. And I mean, people can say what they want about Shevchenko, but it, you can't criticize her. She's the champion. She, she, there's a lot going through her mind, too, in that fight. You know, like, I don't want to lose to this person again. There's a lot. She wants to get it back off, erased off of her record. And I think she did a good job of doing that. And now she can move on in her life. For her, mentally, I think she can move on. Oh, yeah. So, look at that was a dominant performance. You know, you can sit there and not like it. It was dominant. Yep. Liz didn't win around. Yep. Well, I, I would have to sometimes agree with you. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> maybe once every show, maybe a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, so what do you got? What do you got going in? Are you Connecticut next week? Yes, sir. So same with you, man. Can't wait. Wednesday, right? Yeah, go in there Wednesday, do the fighter meetings. You're going to be there for the fighter meetings, right? That's Thursday, correct? Fighter meetings are Thursday, right? Uh, yeah. You're on East Coast, so do you go in Thursday or do you go in Friday? For uh, for me, I go in Wednesday, I mean, because I, yeah. I don't land till like 11 o'clock at night or something like that. Yeah, no, I think I go in. I think, I think I'm in there Wednesday this time. Okay. So, and then a, week a little later, bit sooner. A week later, we got San Jose. Yep. San Jose a week later. Two weeks. San Jose a week later. That's a good show. That's gonna be. A That's great got some good car. fights. Great car. That's you know, the first. I'm, I'm very. I'm really excited to see a couple of fights uh, in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to watch uh, Nick Newell. Mm -hmm. He's got his Bellator debut. There's a couple other fights in there that are going to be just really good fights. I cannot wait for uh, that whole thing. But the San Jose has got some. It's got the start of the featherweight tournament. I just can't wait for that. You brought up Nick Newell, and just real quick, he is fighting the Dragon Slayer, Corey Browning. <laughs> Corey <Dragon>. Browning. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be he, He's the hype killer. That's what I want to call Corey. The, Corey the hype killer Browning, man. Yeah. Come on. That That's guy, the name. It's, it's so crazy. I can't believe the things that that guy has done. And, like, after the conversations we've had with him, if you guys, have, if you guys haven't seen Corey Browning fight, you need to go back and watch his uh, – uh, baby slice fight and his um Aaron Chalmers fight. 
Yep. He just takes a beating for a round, round and a half, and then he just weathers the storm and comes out and gets the finish. It's just it's it's phenomenal, man. It's phenomenal. He's like the guy that's not supposed to win but always wins, and uh, he's he be, like he just kills the hype of the hype trains. And so Dude, now he's the hype killer, man. I'm telling you, that's that needs to be his nickname. And I think Nick is. I've always loved and respected Nick for everything he's done in this sport. I love watching him fight. I'm excited for him to get this fight because I've always wanted to have him in in our promotion. And uh, this, I think, this is a perfect fight for him because the two of them. I think you're going to make for a very entertaining fight. Extremely entertaining. I think you're right. I yeah. think it's exactly what you're saying. I think Corey doesn't back off of people. Nick goes after people. Look at Nick. The one thing I will tell you is, you know, I used to grapple with people that didn't have either a leg or didn't have an arm. Mm -hmm. And look, everyone looks and goes, oh, it's such a disadvantage. It's not so much the disadvantage when you're that guy because you're used to going against people with two arms when you're not used to having someone missing a part of their arm, mm -hmm. especially in the grappling world, it is different, man. They're going to stick that arm in places and move it yeah. in ways that we can't do with ours because of that long appendage on it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they're so good at what they do. And Nick Newell is so good. His Brazilian jiu-jitsu is outstanding. His wrestling is outstanding. His striking is very good. I look for this to be a great fight, and and I really hope that you know they put on a show, and I hope Nick Newell is part of the Bellator family. Yep, I think he will be. I think it's going to be a good night for us. Yep. So, all right, bud. Well, that's it, buddy. We're trying to keep this thing condensed because you and I can sure talk, and we know. Right. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> all right, guys. Wait, you. There's another uh, episode of Weighing In. Please hit the subscribe button uh, on our YouTube channel, Weighing In, as well as on our IG channel, and what else? Wing and show. Let us, know, let, us, show. let us know what you guys want us to be talking about, too. If there's something from the past or anything like that yep. or in the future, let Josh and I know. Yep. Hit us up in that YouTube channel area in the, in the comment section or in the IG channel. And uh, in the comment section, hit us up or slide in our DM. Okay. And we'll, uh, we'll, get some, we'll get everything answered for you guys as soon as you guys can. Thanks. That's another show of weighing in. And uh, thanks, Big John.